Hello, this is Diksha from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 10th of February. A little over 11,000 COVID-19 cases were recorded in India in the last 24 hours. The total COVID tally stood at over 1.08 crore or 10.8 million. 94 deaths were recorded in the country in the same period. Active cases of COVID-19 meanwhile came down to nearly 1,41,000. More than 66 lakh healthcare and frontline workers have been vaccinated so far under the country-wide vaccination drive. The Union Health Ministry said yesterday that 15 states and union territories had not reported any deaths due to COVID-19 in the last 24 hours. Delhi was among them. The government yesterday also set deadlines for the vaccination process. The health secretary Rajesh Bhushan said that states must administer at least one dose by February 20. Doses for those who missed getting vaccinated in scheduled rounds will have to be completed in mop-up rounds by February 24. Meanwhile, March 1st and 6th are the dates set for vaccinating frontline workers. The death toll in the Uttarakhand disaster has risen to 32 and 197 people are still missing. The Hindu reported that rescuers managed to enter the Tapovan tunnel where around 35 people are still trapped. An Indo-Tibetan border police official said that rescuers had to clear a 60-meter patch of debris and slush before they could hope to make contact with the people trapped inside the 2.5-kilometer long tunnel. The Indian Express reported today that rescuers managed to enter the Reni village in Chamoli district. Reni is the first of the 13 villages that were cut off after a suspension bridge washed away on Sunday. As the rescue teams face the uphill task of an arduous rescue mission in Uttarakhand, News Laundry's Hidesh Giri is on the ground bringing news of the rescue operations, including video reports. In his latest ground report, he speaks to rescue officials and writes about the plight of migrant workers who've been hit by the calamity. His report is titled Uttarakhand Disaster: Army Faces the Uphill Task to Rescue Workers Trapped Under Debris. You can read this and other ground reports from the disaster hit areas of Uttarakhand in Hindi and English on newslaundry.com. Bringing you such in-depth ground reports takes time, effort and resources. We are an independent news platform that depends solely on the support of our subscribers. We are 100% ad-free and we don't take funding from government or corporations. If you like what we do, please consider supporting us by hitting that subscribe button on the top right corner of our website. The lowest subscription starts at 300 rupees a month only. The farmer protests against the center's farm laws along the borders of Delhi has been going on for more than 70 days now. Bharatiya Kisan Union spokesperson Rakesh Tikhet said yesterday that the protests will not only go on but spread across India. He was speaking at a farmer's mahapanchayat in Haryana's Kurukshetra. Tikhet told India Today and I quote Now, a rally of 40 lakh and not 4 lakh tractors will be taken out. Unquote. Tiket asserted yet again that the farmer protests will continue till October 2nd, the birth anniversary of Mahatma Gandhi. Meanwhile, Section 144 was imposed today in UP Saharanpur ahead of the proposed farmers Mahapanchayat. The Times of India reported that the district magistrate of Saharanpur issued an order citing reasons for imposing the restrictions. They included the upcoming festivities, the spread of COVID-19 and the possibility of violence by the anti-social elements in the state. The restrictions have been imposed till the 5th of April. The Delhi police last night arrested Iqbal Singh, who was wanted in connection with the violence at the Red Fort on the 26th of January. The police said that Singh was arrested in Punjab's Hoshiarpur by Delhi police's special cell. The police had declared a reward of 50,000 for him. 
The Times of India reported that Singh was identified by the police from a video released on Facebook. In a development related to the farmer protests, Twitter said today that it has withheld a portion of accounts which the Indian government had directed it to block for allegedly spreading misinformation about the farmer protests. The social media platform added in a blog spot, however, that actions were taken only against selected accounts that were named in the government's order. It added that it did not believe that the government's orders were consistent with Indian law. The company said it was served with several separate blocking orders by the Ministry of Information Technology. It added that out of the orders it received, two were emergency blocking orders that it temporarily complied with. It said that access to the content was later restored in a manner that it believed was consistent with the Indian law. The platform clarified that it had not taken any action against news media entities, journalists, activists and politicians. It said, and I quote, To do so, we believe, would violate their fundamental right to free expression under Indian law. Unquote. Earlier this month, the centre had directed Twitter to block nearly 1,200 accounts which it alleged had suspected links to Khalistan sympathisers and Pakistan. Twitter had earlier been asked to remove 250 accounts and tweets that used the hashtag Modi planning farmer genocide. Meanwhile, YouTube on Monday took down two Punjabi songs about the farmer protests. The Wire reported that YouTube's headquarters in California informed the producers of one of the songs that they had received a legal complaint from the Indian government saying that they violated certain policies and rules. The songs taken down by the video-sharing platform are called Elan and Assi Vardange. The song Elan has been viewed millions of times on YouTube. The singer has also been an active part in the farmer protests. If you have followed the farmer protests closely, you might have noticed that several farmer mahapanchayats have been organised to unite farmers. At yesterday's Mahapanchayat in Kurukshetra, farmer leader Rakesh Tiket alleged that attempts were being made to divide the protesting farmers on religious and regional lines. He said, and I quote, They will try to divide you on Punjab-Haryana lines, Sikh and non-Sikh lines, Hindu and Muslim lines, unquote. This brings me to the rift between Jat and Muslim farmers in western Uttar Pradesh caused by the 2013 communal rights in Muzaffarnagar. At the recent series of Jat Mahapanchayats being held across the region, it is being said that the wounds from the 2013 riots between Hindu and Muslim communities have been healed. In her opinion piece on newslaundry.com, Hardika Delani talks to farmers to know whether a panchayat meeting is enough to paper over the cracks that have developed over the years. You can read the full report on newslaundry.com. It is titled, Juts in West UP say the rift with Muslims is healed. Is that even possible? The centre told Delhi High Court yesterday that provisions of the Special Marriage Act 1954 that include a 30-day prior notice period for marriage are quote-unquote fair and reasonable. The submission was made by the Ministry of Law and Justice in an affidavit filed in response to an interfaith couple's plea challenging the provision. A section of the Special Marriage Act requires an interfaith couple to give a written advance notice of their marriage to the district marriage officer. This public notice provides for a subsequent hearing if someone objects to the marriage. The interfaith couple in their plea had urged the court to declare the provision illegal, null, void and unconstitutional. The centre, however, said that fundamental rights are not absolute and reasonable restrictions can be imposed on them. This comes in the wake of recent observations made by the Supreme Court and the Allahabad High Court. The Allahabad High Court, in a January 13 judgment, 
had held that publishing a notice and inviting objections before a couple gets married under the Special Marriage Act are no longer mandatory. The court observed that these rules were against fundamental rights and infringed upon the ability to choose to marry without intervention. The Supreme Court made a similar observation yesterday, asserting the right of adults to choose their life partner. It said that it was about time the society learned to accept intercaste and interfaith marriages. Listeners, please consider this a trigger warning as the following news story contains instances of sexual violence. The Supreme Court today agreed to hear a plea filed by the National Commission for Women or NCW challenging a recent Bombay High Court order on sexual assault. The verdict given by a judge of the Bombay High Court had said that groping a minor's breast without skin-to-skin contact cannot be termed as sexual assault as defined under the POXO Act. On January 27th, the Supreme Court had stayed the High Court's verdict after Attorney General K.K. Venugopal mentioned the matter before it. Venugopal had said that the judgment was unprecedented and was likely to set a dangerous precedent. During today's hearing, a bench headed by Chief Justice S.A. Bobre issued a notice to the Maharashtra government seeking its response to the NCW's plea. The bench also issued a notice to the accused in the case on a separate plea filed by Maharashtra against the High Court verdict. The NCW in its petition said, and I quote, Such a narrow interpretation adopted by the High Court order sets a dangerous precedent which could have a cascading effect on the safety of women and children, unquote. In a verdict last month, a Bombay High Court judge had acquitted a man accused of molestation. It had said that grouping a minor's breast without undressing did not fall into the category of sexual assault defined under Section 7 of the POXO Act. The verdict had garnered criticism from activists and on social media. Now for some international updates. The global COVID tally inched closer to the 107 million mark today. More than 2.3 million people have succumbed to the pandemic so far, while over 59.8 million people have recovered from the virus worldwide. Meanwhile, the World Health Organization's mission to China ended without finding the source of the coronavirus. Wrapping up the mission, a member of the WHO team of experts, Peter Daszak, tweeted and I quote, we had to work flat out under the most politically charged environment possible, unquote. The Guardian reported that experts were under pressure from both sides as the US urged a robust probe while China warned against the politicization of the issue. He also said that President Joe Biden had to quote-unquote look tough on China. Daszak added that people should not rely much on the US's virus intelligence inputs. The United States Food and Drug Administration, meanwhile, granted emergency use approval to pharma Ellie Lilly's combination antibody therapy to treat the coronavirus. In New Zealand, the government formally approved the use of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine today. The vaccine will be first given to quarantine personnel, frontline workers and airline staff. In the UK, the Government Advisory Committee said today that two new strains of coronavirus, one of which has been classified as a concern, have been identified in England. It added that the new variants had some similarities with the South African and Brazilian variants. Former US President Donald Trump's historic impeachment trial began yesterday after the Senate voted 56 to 44 that the proceedings were constitutional. Trump has been accused of citing insurrection after his supporters stormed the US Capitol on January 6th. Six Republican senators voted in the favor of the impeachment trial. Meanwhile, Trump's defense team argued that he cannot face the trial after departing from the White House. Starting today, both the sides will have 16 hours to make their presentations. The arguments are likely to continue till the weekend. If convicted, 
Trump could be barred from holding office again. A two-thirds majority will be needed in the Senate to convict him. The current U.S. Senate is evenly divided between the Democrats and the Republicans. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.